all you do is cook, cook, and cook. Uh, sorry, Dad, uh, but the city loves what I do, so I'm gonna keep on cooking. Dad has been crazy over what I was doing, but uh, I'm gonna still cook and cook. But okay. Yeah. Tirat is cooking. Tirat in the kitchen. All right, my podcast today is with Chris Figura, and uh, we just call him Fig. Yep, yep. The nickname. What you call it? Uh, what is your official job title over at Trails Edge and the Prestwood Country Club? I am executive chef at both locations. I want to get into how you get into the career that you have because. I think any career that there is that they make a movie out of has got to be like something that's out there. There's got to be a, like the sky's the limit for what someone like you could do. You could be all the way to Gordon Ramsay, right? Well, so, it, yeah, it depends on that. I mean, there's all different kind of facets of food, too. I mean, I'm, I'm a thinking person, so I think about just the scope of food. Right. Like you think about you have restaurants in town. Sure. You have the liquor store that has some food in it, prepackaged, you know, okay, chips right. and stuff, but yeah. it's still food. Okay. Then you got your gas stations. Every one of them is a convenience store. Right. It's got food in it. Yeah. You got your fast food restaurants. Sure. You have your ele- you have all your schools, elementary up to college. Right, right, right. You have all your institutions, senior living facilities, uh, homes for, for special needs people, and all that is food related and then you gotta go to you think about the grocery stores the corner stores and just restaurants so all that's encompassed all in, that's food that's right, right, right all that's all food. food but I mean just like how just are like you the scope of food right, what's your what's your training as far as that goes just like is it just at in restaurants and stuff or I, you, I've, I've been a catering chef I've worked at senior living facilities I've uh, worked right, at fast is your, restaurants is your education on the job uh, a lot of it was and i We'll backtrack a little bit here. I uh, my first introduction to cooking was at five years old with my aunt. I made oatmeal raisin cookies with her, and right. always kind of like wanted to help out. At ten, I cooked the first roast for the family from watching that guy. He used to be on Channel Seven News in the afternoon, would show recipes, and he would end it with "It's oh so good." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got the mustache. That. Right, right, right. So then he had a roast that he had cooked with beer. The old man had a beer. Called my mom. Can I cook a roast with the beer? You know, so three quarters of the beer made it on the roast, and the last quarter, you know, nice baby steps in the teenagers there. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, I mean, I, you know, always, always cooked. I mean, I the, my memories of you know pulling the folding chair, or whatever, up to the stove so I was gonna be tall enough to stir whatever, cook scrambled eggs yeah. and, and all that stuff. So I mean, yeah, I, I've had a bunch of roommates that you know were into good food i had a roommate that was you know straight up italian dude and man we cooked everything from scratch we're chopping parsley italians yeah no it was it was and it was we were eating well for sure and then i had you know irish roommates that was pretty much hot dogs and hamburgers all the time and you know not good people have no flavor that's why they're angry and fight all the time (laughs) right right right. (laughs) that's not stereotyped too much but uh no 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 right 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 (laughs) but uh so yeah so i mean Everybody's different, but for me, uh, I just, I, yeah, good food is, when somebody overcooks something or anything like that, I'm like, oh, this my is terrible. Would, my mother would buy round steak because it was cheap and cook it well done, so it would grow in your mouth as you're trying to chew it. <laughs> <This> was, <laughs> yeah, but I uh, took foods class in high school, 
partly to meet chicks, partly to learn how to cook. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I really enjoyed that, and then uh, I got my first cooking job. We owned we owned a gas station, a hardware store, so I pushed a lot of brooms, pumped a lot of gas back in the day, and then, like I said, my first cooking job was at Enrico's in Frankfurt. Sure, sure. Got hired as a line cook at seventeen. Okay, I worked uh, at Enrico's too. I was probably there. I'm guessing before you. What what year did you graduate? Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. So I'm eighty-nine. So I mean, I, I was in the one in in the square. Yeah. You know, at the, at the carryout joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pizza making with a you know a bunch of guys that that uh, it was a good time. I had, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, wasn't Joe at, your boss at that time too? Uh, Mark? Joe, Mark, and then yeah. uh, there was a woman too, Alice. No, uh, maybe not. I, I can't. It's a long time, man. But I know who you're talking about. I can't think of her name. Either. Right, 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 right. But uh, a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, we had super fun though. They're working, uh, and uh, yeah, it was, it was just a good time. Um, not it wasn't you know something I was looking to do for a career, but yet the I was going to ask you about you know cooking and and getting chicks. That sounds like a, you know, <laughs> nah, it's that's got to be a good way to it's go. It's a leeway in. I mean, they like to eat and if you can throw down on some food. Yeah, know. I mean, there's a lot of people that have no skills at all, especially at a young age, let alone And you know, and every it's a skill everybody should learn how to do something whether it be even making toast. You're going to have to at some point, you know, when we get to that apocalyptic point and you don't know how to cook anything, you're just you know. Yeah, right, right. Well, I, you know, I'm impressed. It should be a life skill. Right. I'm impressed with just little tiny things that I've picked up from here and there on stuff like, uh, you know, I, I cook a lot. We cook a lot of eggs around here. I mean, eggs are eggs are a big time food in this house, especially during wrestling season. I mean, we hard boil a dozen eggs constantly. If, if you can't go to my fridge and find eggs, we're, we're out of food. My favorite simple dish is scrambled eggs cooked in butter with you saute the chives in that mm-hmm. green onions and then you just add your eggs to a salt and pepper it's like the most simplest delicious sure thing and it, that, so eggs is one of the things that i got a tip on probably two two different tips on that were just recently like in the last couple years and they changed the it's a total game changer i was hard boiling eggs forever and ever and ever i am never going to hard boil an egg again they go in the steamer and it's the easiest peel that ever was. It's just the thing, the shell falls off of them. How many times I'm like wrecking myself trying if to get. If you put a little salt in the water, it yeah. helps with the peeling of the shell. But yeah, sometimes you lose like half the damn egg. Right, right. Trying right, to peel right. it. That and then scrambled eggs. I was always cooking scrambled eggs until they were all the way dry in the pan. And nope, if you leave them just a little bit before that, kids' perfect. eggs continue to cook after you take them out, just like any meat you cook will cook another ten degrees after you take it out. Right, right, right. And I mean, eggs are so much better when they're not like dry or crusty yeah, on the you outside. You want to take them out slightly runny. Right, right, right. So, you know, I think that if a parent could get just a little bit better skill in what they cook. Maybe your kids wouldn't be so finicky eaters as far as that goes, and you can get well, a little more healthy food out of them. If you have a picky eater parent, that's kind of a handicap for the kid, too. <laughs> oh, I, I can only really imagine. Right, 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 right. Well, we're not that. I mean, my guys, yeah, my guys eat everything and anything that you put in front of them. But, uh, yeah, if we, if you just had a little bit of tips, you know what I mean? If you, if you got any of those as we go today, oh, definitely chime in with some I'm tips. I'm always, always lending tips to anybody and if you're if you're carrying a knife here's here's the most important tip your knife stays down at your side not poking out towards other people 
And if you're handing a knife to somebody, you hold the blade on the top part and give them the handle to grab. <laughs> right, that'd be good. That'd be a nice keep you out of the ER tip. Yeah, yeah, and never put it in your back pocket and sit down anywhere. Right, right, right. Bad news bears. So, okay, so as far as the career for you goes, just started working in food yeah, service? Yeah, started working in food service. I joined the military, became a cook there. I, uh, I'm kind of a pragmatic thinker, and... Uh, I graduated bottom of my class because I saw that high school wasn't really preparing us for real life. Okay. And uh, I wasn't planning on going to college right away. So it was a conscious decision? It was. I decided to join the Army instead because right. it would help pay for my tuition since I knew my parents weren't able to do it and I kind of fucked off in high school. So. Right. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, got it. Gotta have a plan, whatever and, uh, it is. When I got out of the military, I was like 24 and was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I can go and massage therapy because I'm really good at that, but my hands are going to be worn down in 15 years, you know? Right. I can, I'm really good with a camera. I can get into photography, but it's kind of like being in, like, if, like, as a kid, I wanted to be a DJ, but if you're going to live in the Chicago area, you pretty much got to know somebody. It's okay. the same thing with photography. It's kind of the right place, right time thing. So what could I do for steady income? And what I decided to do, which instead of just chasing paper to say I make... $120,000 a year and yet be miserable. Sure. I wanted to follow a path that brought me happiness while doing it. So I would never wake up and go, I fucking hate my life. What am I doing with it? Which I got to that point after about 27 years in. I've been doing it 30. So, but it's still one of the things that brings me great joy. And Enrico's taught me appreciation for working for family owned businesses who know how to take care of their people. Right, right, right. And uh, I worked for a lot of places that didn't do that or couldn't because, you know, as uh, it used to be easier for mom and pops to run a place and take care of their employees. And in the advent of uh, the early 2000s and corporations becoming people, that uh, yeah, it's right. kind of harder for them to keep up with that and the rising costs for them for health care and workers' comp and their business licenses and liquor licenses if they have a bar and stuff. So it's, it's, it, it adds up. 70% of the population at one point in time works in food service. Wow. Throughout, wow. Their, throughout their life, 70%. So Now, that's a job that seems like, you know, I mean, the, the, big, the big cliff that it seems like we're going to go off as far as the jobs in this country is automation. So I'm sure some food service or food preparation is going to be automated at some point where you're just going to say it's, it's going to come out of the machine. It's getting there. I mean, there's you got the induction cooking and infrared cooking, and you got the whole sous vide process now right. that basically just cooks in the cryovac, you know, which... Right. And automation, is people don't understand, like, when someone says automation, you think, like, uh, big robot arms building a car. That's not necessarily it. No. When we were roofing, once you added the roofing gun to the, to the job, that's automation, and you take out two employees... Three guys can do what five guys could do in less time. Yeah, nail guns like a godsend for a roofer. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, when I first started roofing, it was the pouch and the hammer, and we and we went. We got the same kind of. It's you know, every trade has its tools that make it necessary to do the job properly. Right. They raise production though, and then they you don't need as many. They people. They have what we call an immersion blender, where instead of straining, like if you make a soup, instead of straining out the mirepoix, which is your the holy trinity. Of cooking is carrots, onions, and celery. Yeah. Which in French is mirepoix. Okay. And uh, you would strain that out, and then you'd have to blend it down and put it back in if you wanted to re-add it to your soup and have, like, a creamy consistency and not the chunks. 
and I just take this immersion blender, which is looks like a drill, handheld drill base, and it's got a long neck with a blender attachment on it. Blends everything right up. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, is anyone peeling potatoes anymore, or is that just something that gets done on its own? It still gets done. And I'm, even when I was in the military in 1990, they had a machine that had it attached to the water line, and it would shoot water in and had an abrasive surface on the inside, like 10-grit sandpaper, and would just spin it around and peel the peels right off. Right, so there's not some guy no. sitting there peeling yeah. every potato. Right, right, right. Yeah. right, right you right. know, bowl choppers, and they got little handheld small quarter inch dice things there's like a guillotine effect that pushes it down and just yeah there's all sorts of stuff now how do you get the how'd you land the gig at uh trails edge i mean that seems like a it's a pretty nice little spot down there indeed.com if i can plug indeed nah, there you go and i did see something you posted on social media looking for servers or something yeah for- yeah yeah both places uh, we got decent uh you know there's a if you're from Frankfurt, you understand that there's a perceived uh, kind of way to be in Naperville South, as I like to call yeah, it. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know, people have a lot. What Retail and restaurants is where people go and have complete control of the money they spend. Everywhere else, it's because they have to. Right. Gas, utilities, kids, expenditure. Sure, sure, sure. Bills in general. So I, I like, I mean, I like a night, you know, well, I mean. People have perceived ideas when they go out as to what their experience is going to be. Right. So, and. The last uh, time we saw you, we started at Fat Rosie's. I think we were there for four hours, and then we were probably in Trail's Edge for another three after yeah, that. Yeah, almost closed out the night. Right, right, yeah. right. And we were there for a while, yeah. so nice time out. Yeah, sure. I was actually out of work at that point in time. I had uh, I uh, was working at a senior living facility, which was uh, very rewarding for a, a time because it was very close to home and paid decently for being close to home, but also the fact that I was home by 7 o'clock every night, which... If I want to go out and have a social life, I can do that without having, like, getting out of work at 10 to midnight, and the only people I can hang around are other restaurant people or sure. people that had nightlight sure. because all my other friends that worked in trades and, you know, were teachers and stuff, they're in bed. So Now, from where you're at now, so, you know, we're, we're older guys now, would you have – how would you have done it differently? So if some somebody was – like with my my I got 17 year old boys and I'm always trying to give to them any mistakes that I made along the line. So if you were looking at some guy at 17 years old it's like yeah I like cooking, you know, I like I think the other thing about that is, you know, if you like women, then you're around there's the restaurant business, there's a lot of women involved in that. So and, and then there's the people who who you know come there to get food and everything else. So you you can have a social life that's built sort of around that situation it, too. It, it becomes like a family. It's, right. it's, if you've seen the movie Waiting, <clears throat> excuse me, it's pretty on point. Right. Okay. As far as Russia, it's, you it, you have to love the business because it's if you're trying to get out. I think it, it, to answer your question, if I were to do anything differently yeah. in hindsight. When I did go to college, finally, I should have taken the time and energy and learned a side trade just to fall back on, just something to fall back on, because you will get burnout in food industry. It is essentially a young man's business, especially in high-volume places, because it's non-stop. Right. I mean, it's would you non-stop. would you have... Uh 
taken any different school path or anything like that to get to where you're at? I mean, is there, I don't know what's involved in that. If you want to be, you know, say you want to set your sights for as high as you can set them in, in the industry you're in. I mean, is On the, the job it, training is some of the best oh, free education you could ever get. For sure. Especially if you got really good chefs or like solid, like, I mean, it's not even a stereotype. Mexicans kick ass. They're badasses. They do exactly what you tell them to do exactly how it's supposed to be done there's never sure any like i know, imagine it's the same as you as, get some of these kids out of culinary school and they've been like you know inflated egos of you're going to run a kitchen with just two years of experience but yet you don't know what the hell you're doing because you've never worked in a fast-paced environment because you're just done school cooking right right right. and it's still so got the kitchen environment for that's got to be Similar the to construction site because same amount of Spanish, same amount of swearing. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it, it's it, the difference with that trade. My trade is you have you of what you have to do all day, and you have eight hours to do it. In a restaurant, you have I wouldn't say static time because you're always busy doing stuff, but there comes a time when you're just like kind of waiting for the rush which is when everybody that's conditioned to eat at the conditioned hours comes in at the conditioned times. And right, 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 right. Condition themselves further. <laughs> this is set up to, uh, you know, the standards of the, the workforce. Right. So, like, you get to a point where you're dead, and then you get to a point where we like to call getting your poop pushed in. Yeah. Because right, you right, just right. get this little box with all the ticket orders coming out, and it hits the floor, and it doesn't stop for three hours, and you're just churning out food. You don't even know your own damn name, and then after about three or four hours, you can finally breathe again, and then you got to restock your line and clean up and get ready to close and do it all over again. You right. Know? That's every job for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so how about the like you were saying burnout? But like, so I worked uh, at Enrico's also, and I loved the food there until I worked there for about eight months, and then I was like, oh my god, I the same thing day in day out. You're the, like, and the smell and the clothes and everything, it's right, like it's all right there. Garlic and onions. Yes, right, right. right. <laughs> so it, that definitely gets old. So I mean, is there a lot of turnover as far as people moving around in those jobs? Huge turnover. Right, right. Huge right. turnover because of, it's it's a high stress job. You're on your feet a lot. If you got a good chef, he's on your ass about not going out and having all kinds of cigarette breaks and yeah, right. especially you know it's like kind of it's a nepotism thing because not everybody smokes. Oh right, right, right. But right, right. you know it's either you have your agitated nicotine fix cook on the line just being an asshole, or you can let him go get his cigarettes and come back and be productive. So right. So in a kitchen like Trails Edge, how many people are back there? I got underneath me, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven direct kitchen employees. And I also help uh, oversee the the, uh, the wait staff and the bussers and, okay. you know, help run the front. And Right. That, that The place like that, I've only been in that front area and then the bar area. There's a downstairs, too, There's right? what we call the boiler room. That room actually is uh, fully refurbished. It's got a full bar down there. I have a vision for that becoming like a folk bluegrass jam room, but we use it for parties. Yeah, they, they, they had the party live room. music the night the night we were there. Is that a, that's a regular deal there, right? Uh, every third Tuesday, there's a live jazz from Molly Rose. She's in town. She's a very good musician, and every Wednesday's open jam night. 
we get a lot of uh, local guys that come in every week, steadfast and right. jam. It gets a, little, a lot of the uh, a lot of the guys our age, a little bit older, that used to do stuff that are just looking to get out and have a have a good time. Now, how often do you get? We you know we saw you outside the kitchen. How often do you get out and walk around the floor out there? As uh, as much as possible. My my main functions that I have, I I uh, I can brag a little bit and uh, gloat on how I have. An outstanding kitchen staff at both establishments to where actually my sous chef at the restaurant because he had been there five six years now and has been doing the ordering and the scheduling there I let him keep doing that <clears throat> excuse me because he's a he's not a control freak but he knows what he needs he knows the people and we also throw big parties. There's a room upstairs also as well that holds a hundred. Oh, there's another floor upstairs. Yeah, there's upstairs wow. that holds a hundred people that has a full bar, and the downstairs holds fifty people. So we we get like, and when the patio's open, there's like room for four hundred people total. Wow, in and that place. Wait, so you said seven people under seven people in you? Yeah. I got my sous can chef. Can cook for three. that many people, or you throw more people in there? That there's that's it. We we. Uh, we have a couple of prep people. My dishwasher is outstanding, and he's been there forever. He knocks out the dishes. He goes down and preps our journey burger because it's bacon stuffed. Wow. So, yeah, there's a lot. There is not very many things there that comes out of a can or a box. It's all pretty oh, much okay, fresh made all the time. No, that's, that's what makes the difference, too. Right. I don't I mean, you know? personally, I don't eat anything that's, you know, that that's that's our rule. I, the Like the aisles in the store that have everything that's, you know, pre-packaged and printed. I skip them. I don't nothing. Living food for the living body. Food yeah. is medicine. Pills are. Sick. Oh, the food we eat is. Yeah, I mean, you know, food is healthcare. Pills right. are sick care. As Americans, the food that we yeah. eat is terrible. We're, oh, we're it's, it's, awful. I uh, I switched to a a more like I need to cut back on red meats now that I'm not tasting all the things for the menu anymore. <laughs> See, I grew up with a dad with a but is a butcher, and it was always. You know, steaks, uh, pork chops. I mean, there was it was a big hunk of meat, vegetables, and all that all the time. There I was went no... to a pescatarian diet and just shed weight, eating better, and getting some cardio for about forty minutes a day. Right, 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 right. You know, well, just... my diet changes as the season changes because when it's uh, when it's wrestling season, you, you know, they're hard pressed to find carbs around here. We don't no no bread, no pasta, none of that stuff. No gains. <laughs> right, and, and, but I mean, we still eat very good. It's not uh, in no way, shape, or form is anyone starving themselves. But it's all every kind of crazy bean, the uh, sugar snap pea uh, that you could think of. We're 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 incorporating that into some kind of stir fry or something like I'm that. I'm huge on kale chips. I'm trying to turn everybody on to kale chips. I have never had kale ever in any form. I've, it's I mean, so easy. You just take the kale and you. Rip it from the stem to get all. If you got a dog, they love the stems. It's fiber. It's good for them. It cleans their teeth. But you just take that, and I just cut it down the middle and cut it into like chip-like pieces. I massage oil into it, like I put it in a bowl and just toss it like you would lettuce. And as I'm laying them out in a sheet pan, I just kind of massage the oil in there. Got the oven on like 300. It's baked. Yeah. Oh wow. I bake wow. them in the oven. I like grapeseed oil or coconut oil. And uh, you can just salt, pepper, garlic. I like to use the sesame seed and peanut mix 
for anybody with peanut allergies, you don't have to. And I have Parmesan cheese that has sprinkle on it. To me, it's better than French fries. And it, it, it's kale. Oh, yeah. The greener, the better. Kale's, kale's like a superfood. It's one of the best things for you. Sure, sure, yeah. Just just so you know, there's, you know, potatoes are not a vegetable that, you know, considered a vegetable in your meal. That's No, and, and, and carrots, if you're a diabetic and you're feeling weird after eating carrots, carrots have a lot of sugar in them. They basically turn into carbs. Carrots, oh, wow. carrots is not a good vegetable. The greener, the better. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Greener the better. Even even beets have a lot of sugar. A lot of root vegetables carry a lot of sugar in them. So if you're Makes diabetic, that's like that's the one thing I liked about working. That's I like the fact that I'm a very well-rounded cook. I can be put in any kind of environment, and you show me what you need me to do, and I can get it done. See, for me, I eat healthy at home. The health care I had to because of kidney issues and diabetics and so nobody dies on my watch on my food so right <laughs> i eat healthy at home but as soon as i'm out i'm like craving like some deep fried shrimp or like something that's just terrible the worse it is for me the better because i'm gonna you know i'm not gonna i don't go out more than it's probably once a week once every other week i'm gonna head out to lunch or uh, fat rosies on on wednesday here with some buddies and stuff but you know, if it's bad for me, I'm all about My it. My bi-monthly guilty pleasure is uh, I, I love quarter pounders with cheese. Ugh, yeah. No pickle. I, 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 like, <laughs> I like McDonald's, but uh, That's I, all I, I try yeah. and stay. I, I, I can't remember the last time I had McDonald's. That's all I get from there. And, and sometimes I get the fries. Sometimes I don't. But that and the only other thing I get from McDonald's is the uh, sausage and egg McGriddle. <laughs> there you and go. Uh, I'll change everybody's life. If you don't know, you can substitute the round egg from the egg McMuffin on that, and it's a game changer. You, wait, wait, you can change what? <clears throat> you can. It comes with the folded scrambled egg, but that's okay. It's not real food in my opinion because it makes me like not. I don't enjoy it. But the round egg that's on the egg McMuffin is a fresh cracked cooked egg. Oh, and, and you can put sub that it. On there. Yeah, I got and it. it. It's okay, a game okay. changer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that thing's like that. That McGriddle's like like two thousand calories all by itself. But that's about all I eat till like seven, eight o'clock right. at night. I'll grab that in the morning on my way either to the club or the restaurant because I'm sure not going to eat until way later usually. Right, right, right. Um, but uh, as far as the the, I lost my train of thought. There, we were talking about. Uh, yeah. Now, um, food. Food, yeah, pretty much food. The, if you're, if, you know, if, if everyone's out, like when we saw you the night that we were out there and stuff like that, like, you like it if someone's like, hey, man, you know what, you know, like, like says hey to you when you're, when you're walking the floor, right? That's the whole point. Yeah, they, uh, when they hired me there, <clears throat> excuse me, they, uh, like, uh, they wanted somebody to go out and engage the people because the general manager was he's usually busy general managing solving problems taking orders or also engaging uh i was gonna say clients but uh we could say uh customers customers yeah <laughs> for lack of a better word <laughs> um patrons i guess yeah uh, yeah they they like the fact that somebody go out there and i that's something i i was instructed to do when I actually left Enrico's in 99 and started working at a senior living facility in Munster, Indiana, this place was, uh, it was really nice. Like their main dining room looked like something from the friggin' Titanic. It's a bunch of 
affluent Northwest Indiana. There's a large Jewish community in Munster, so there's okay. there a good amount of money in there. Not just because they're Jews, but they were the most that were there, and of course, you know, right. they're good with money. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so, who's the uh, anybody? Anybody famous ever stop in or anything? Oh, like that? Dennis Young used to come into Enrico's all the time. Yeah, and, uh, right, right. When I uh, worked at uh, Murray Catering in University Park, we had a contract with Governor State, so we did the green room for like any artist that booked with us and came through. We uh, made a plate of fruit and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for Penn and Teller when they were playing there. Uh, made stuff for uh, Crosby and Nash. When they played there, just a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff like that. Do you know uh, who ate the peanut butter and jelly? Was it Penn or Teller? It was for anybody that was in the green room, mostly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, if if you go into a green room at a show, it, sometimes it's for the artists. Sometimes it's for, like, you know, the meet and greets that are there. And some sometimes the sound and, and lighting guys go back there and grab stuff, too. Right. The production people. Makes it interesting, right? Something, something yeah, different. yeah, and it's it's. I've uh, also worked in these. Uh, I worked at Shoe Fest for a couple of years as a volunteer. Yeah, what is that? Kid. What's Shoe it Fest? It is an amazing time. It is a a a, uh, a music festival. It's mostly bluegrass and Americana rock. It's at uh, Camp Shawanasi in Mantino. Oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty much directly west of here. If you take. Okay. Uh, if you take the Selm, not the Selm Road, but uh, Mantino Road directly west, and uh, you hang a left onto Selm. Yeah, I've seen you post about that before. Yeah, I never it's, knew it's a really good was. time. It's, a, it's one of those little hidden gems that I was telling you about earlier. That's right. in, in, down in Kankakee County here. It's a 4-H campground, and if it wasn't for Shoe Fest eight years ago, that they, uh, a local had uh, they had their first festival at a place out in Earlville, which is out by Yorkville, and... Uh, they changed ownership and they didn't want to work with the people there so they're trying to figure out where to have it and actually a friend of mine had got in contact with the band and showed them this 4-H campground and uh, after the first one there it became a thing and if it wasn't for Shoe Fest that campground was going to be closed because of funding huh they were gonna cut that was gonna be part of the cut and it was gonna suffer Right, but right. Shoe Fest helped save that. And the very first Shoe Fest they had there, the campground was so excited as to being saved. They totally forgot about the wedding they had booked there for the same weekend. So there was like, they stopped the festival for the wedding, and then after that, people started incorporating their weddings with the festival. Okay. So yeah, it started by the band Old Shoe, really a bunch of good guys out of the city. Huh. Yeah. What uh, when you're doing stuff with the Trails Edge and and the Pressure Country Club? How much? So, is there a different the Presser Country Club? I know nothing about either. Is there a totally different food vibe? At, yes. Okay. Yes. So, the, what's the what's the two difference? The Trails Edge is it's it's a restaurant, so we're more about volume. It's more about turning the tables, getting getting to eat, getting to go to get more people in to get them to eat, to sure. get them to go. But it's all, it's also a place where you can come and relax too. We have a lot of people that just kind of sit and chill because it's a really chill environment there. Right. You got the beer, you got the good food, so why would you want to leave? Right. right. <laughs> well, you know, whenever we're doing something out with a bunch of people, we kind of scan the room. If if there's open tables, then we'll still hang out and drink and stuff like that, get a couple of appetizers, that sort of thing. If it's packed, then that's pretty much why we scooted out of uh, Fat Rosie's was it was Every table is well, packed. You're better go. than a lot of people who get caught up in their own little world, and which is fine. But like, yeah, right. you know, people don't. People are doing their own thing. They don't look around. Like when it's busy and you're wondering where your food is, look around. 
it's busy. Super You're right, not the right, only right. one here. Well, I always think about the, pretty much the wait staff and stuff like that. Where if it's we constant, yeah. right? If we spend too much time on table, I'm I'm sucking up the tips. That you know, we better leave her some more money, leave him some more money, and then and those you know, waitresses are thankful for that mindset. Right, right, right. <laughs> not everybody has there. it though. No, 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 no. Well, not everyone yeah. has that in any aspect of their life. And the country uh, club is way more laid back. Like if you're coming there to eat, unless you want it in a hurry it's 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 like a three-course meal you come in there you get your thing your bread you can look at the thing get your appetizers whatever but it's the presentation is a little more upscale the food is a little more upscale there's uh you know it's it's a country club so, so they're coming in there when they're golfing yeah yeah and and the clubhouse is open for lunch then we have dinner reservations or you could just walk in but it's you pretty much know what you're up against more nights there than you would at a restaurant Got it, got it, got it. Um, as far as your like mentality on how you're going to put together something, how much does health and stuff like that come into it? Do you think about like, are there does either place have healthy choices that are that are like you know someone that's really trying to be healthy? Well, the one thing I was told at the country club to keep in mind when doing the menu is that we're not Barrington, we're the South Side. So you can do fancy, but it doesn't have to be too fancy. Talking to the sous chef who had been there a while, because I just, I'm not, uh, <clears throat> I'm not an egocentric chef. I don't come in and, like throw my dick around, changing a bunch of stuff. I'm uh, sure. I consider myself the Phil Jackson of chefs. I'm very zen-like approach. I, right. It's already stressful enough without having to add my ego to it and making right. everybody. But uh, my sous chef had told me that you know just like. The last chefs who have been through had all these great ideas, whether they just came out of culinary school or came from Pucks downtown or some shit where they're using all these ingredients where most people can't pronounce them. The last guy, he was really good. He was a sushi chef, but a lot of his stuff was Asian flair, and not everybody knows what Ponzu is or uh, Gang. I think, is it's a red pepper paste. It's like there's a whole bunch of stuff, that, you, know, you know, hoisin sauce. They don't know what it is yeah some people don't they don't want to get too exotic they go out for sushi they read the meats they like right and whether they like it sashimi or maki you know (laughs) i i love sushi and i mean i'm i'll you know if if you wash it i'll eat it like you know yeah i'm the same way right i get it raw on the rice i can eat it rolled up it doesn't matter no 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 right right it it, as long as it's whatever it is i mean if someone says it's good i'm i'm all over it it that's like almost like a fat thing that's taken off like you know the sushi stuff yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> I, I was equating like sushi's expansion as opposed to like Indian food, like sushi's like Motley Crue and like curry's like rat. You know? <laughs> right, right. Motley Crue made it big, everybody knows about rat, but no one likes him as much as Motley Crue, you know? <laughs> I'm always surprised to see stuff like, you know, sushi in the grocery store, or sushi in a gas station, and I'm like Dude, really? Yeah, Kroger's like, got it now. Mariano's yeah, no, has got no. it. But, I mean, they're making it fresh there. Uh, if it's if it's being turned it over, no. <laughs> if it's being turned over, I get it. But uh, I talked to a woman the other day, and we were talking about food stuff. And you know, I said something about sushi. There's uh, koi um, right there. In, oh yeah, they're good. Good joint, right? Uh, and I'm like, it's good stuff. And she's like, oh, I had sushi one time, and she didn't remember where she got it. And she goes, it was not really good. I'm like. That's not sushi. That's just bad food. So. Well, and here's the problem with food these days is that convenience. Everybody, you can go. You don't have to wait 20 minutes while they 
cook the fish and roll it up and you right. know, slice it for you and prepare it. You can get it pre-made at the grocery store. So right, no, everybody's every, – here's the two things that really get me. If you want something fast, that's where you go to, hi, welcome to – can I take your order? And you pull up and you pick it up at the window. Sure. And there's also – I also you know, if, that, if that's what you want, that's where you go. And if you're going out to eat, it's for a dining experience. If you want to watch the fucking game, go to B Dubs. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Go you to B Dubs. Go to anywhere fried where, pickles and all where, the other you stuff. Know, there. You can hang around right. with not to offend anybody. All the other meatheads who want to just sit there and watch sports and don't care about what they're throwing in their gullet. If you're going down to a restaurant where somebody says hi, my name is, and I'll be taking care of you, you're there for a dining experience. If it's a nice place, if there's not a bunch of TVs. You're there to eat, not watch TV. You know, if you want get your food to go and sit at home and watch the game. <laughs> if you don't well, want to go to B Dubs, you yeah, know. <laughs> I'll tell you, part of the reason that I started doing the podcast thing was I found that one of my favorite things really is just having. And if there's awesome food on the table, it's it's way better. But just having like really good conversation and all that stuff is like it's it's cool to learn stuff that if you some people are are you know the kind of person that is only waiting for you to stop talking so they can start talking next. But if you actually engage yourself in the conversation and everything else and the ambiance at a, at a restaurant is nice and then there's good food on the table, you can have one hell of a nice night out if you're, you know, if you're looking to do that that way. Breaking bread is meant to happen and it's supposed to that's why you sit down at a table with other people is to interact, not to stare at your phone or up at the idiot box waiting right. for a millionaire right. to score points that you're going to cheer yourself for. Well, yeah, I mean, most, <laughs> a lot of people are, a lot of people living their life through that TV for sure. Where I don't, you know, I don't look at much TV at all. So I shut off Direct TV five years ago and haven't looked back. I got, I got a Roku box and I yeah. Netflix, Amazon Prime, and then I, you know, I right. got my NPRs where I get my information from. Lefty, right? <laughs> I, I I've been really looking at a lot of it. Seems seems strange, and it's not what people think. But YouTube has got some awesome things on there that are like Joe Rogan's podcast and stuff like that. We we're just talking about Alex Jones was on there. It was like four hours and forty five minutes of a talk show. Yeah, and you can you can have that on and not be doing any you don't got to actively watch that like i'm YouTube's in the gym kind of become encyclopedia britannica you can learn anything on youtube you got to watch that it's, one too yeah like everybody on there's an expert yeah. well no, no, so much as far as to if you say you can't do something or don't know how you can go to youtube and they will walk you through i would say it's definitely really good for if you're doing something with your computer or something like that there's always someone that'll walk you visually through that and then uh Little stuff around the house. How to and change a flat tire. How, oh, how to you change know, a if you're on the side of the road, you can YouTube how to change a flat if you don't know Absolutely. how. Absolutely. I mean, we do we do a bunch of decks in the summertime, and my boys, when we first started Huge do, decks. Right. When we first started doing the decks, so the boys were watching YouTube videos out, and they're like, how come they're doing it like this? I'm like, because that guy's an idiot. So, you know, what do you want me to do? But... Uh, you don't so, need gravel first. Right. right. So <laughs> not everything is, is, is perfect on YouTube. And then... What was I? I have uh, uh, an ex bodybuilder coming out next week, so I was looking at some that guy, right? Some stuff with steroids and stuff like that, and I was like, man, everybody, every musclehead on there is an expert on what steroid you should use. I'm like, good lord, I hope there's not 
too many 17-year-old kids looking at this because it's probably not the way to go. Well, you know, it's uh, everything has its something. You know, it's like a, it's, it, 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 when people ask me, you know, I'm thinking about becoming a cook or a chef, you know, what do you recommend? And I always tell them, I can't remember the names of the authors, but it's a book called Becoming a Chef. There's two of them, which gives you the professional insight of what it's going to take. And then ideally anybody who's going to get into this field slash career needs to read Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential. It is the raw, unfiltered version of the industry, and it is on point. Cool. Yeah, I, a I'm kitchen a is a pirate ship. Right. And no one reads books anymore. Absolutely. You know, you, reading helps your brain. Get it on audio. Yeah, it stimulates the brain. Get it on audiobook even. It's a, it's, it's a tremendous insight into the whole drug sex and everything of the whole thing like and if you're you better like be used to getting rubbed up on and touched actually you know, nothing nothing you know invasive but like it's most kitchens are tight and you're gonna rub butts you're gonna who's the your chef? hand's gonna touch somebody's crotch it's, right. it's gonna happen right. who's the chef that just got busted in the me too stuff the wasn't that uh mario Batali. Yeah, 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 yeah. Italian dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's usually right. you know machismo Italian. You know, right, <laughs> it's, uh, right, 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 right. Yeah, it's it's a lot of that goes on. Any any female that's in a kitchen and holds her own is somebody that needs to be respected because it is it is a male dominated industry and is pretty debaucherous in a kitchen mostly. You know, right. I, I we'll, don't we'll, know. we'll nut strike each other. We'll take each other's aprons off. We'll grab each other's butts and nuts with the tongs and shit. You know, it's right. You know, quick nipple ninja grabs and stuff. Just... <laughs> uh, I find cooking in general that more guys are into cooking. Just cook, like, not like if it's meat and stuff like that. If it's baking, you don't get a lot of dudes that are super bakers. I can do both. And I used to I actually audition for Top Chef at one point in time. But uh, it was for the baking one that they were going to do. And I can bake, but I'm not the best decorator. And I, I, I went to go audition because I got tired of watching that and all these chefs with all this experience and all these nice restaurants. I don't know how to do desserts. A cream puff. Right. It's called pot of choux. If you went to any kind of culinary school or any cooking, it's the easiest damn thing to make. It's flour, water, eggs, a little salt, a little sugar. Yeah. Oh, and, and butter. I'm sorry. Now, do you find that... It's, it's uh, the, super easy. The, yeah, the, so two things you've talked about are super, super simple stuff. Do you find less is more sometimes? Or? I, I, I pretty much do. Like, growing up Italian and working in Rico's, three to five ingredients just to get... You want flavor profiles, but you don't want anything overwhelming. And ideally, a good steak doesn't need a damn thing on it. A1 and 57 users... Oh no no! no. Our They're out there. Our <laughs> president said that he overcooks it and then puts ketchup on it. Ah well, <laughs> you know, just you, you can't fake stupid. No, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, I for meat meat stuff. I I am. It was a good cut of meat. It shouldn't eat everything. You know, demi glaze adds a little bit to something, but I'm kind of a purist on a steak. I'm yeah. a salt and pepper guy. That's it. Oh, I like a big huge hunk of steak, and I like it. You know, cooked on the outside, and it's just about raw in the middle for sure. Charred on the outside, just like, yeah, I like mine about medium rare. Sometimes it depends on where I'm at. I'll go and look around. You know, you can always the the key to knowing whether it's a good restaurant or not is usually the bathroom. If the bathrooms aren't kept up on and clean, like if the toilets are terrible, you know, during a rush you get paper towel on the floor and whatnot. That's natural because 
we don't know how to pick up after ourselves as human beings in general. So, <laughs> so Yelp Yelp reviews are not the way to go. I uh, uh, I wish Yelp would just not even exist. I mean, it's, it's kind of a tool, but most of it is like posted by tools, right? So, right. <laughs> well, I, I a lot of them that. are grievous former employees are just trying to be assholes, right? You right. know, and just you know get back in their own way to shut the place down. But like. Believing in Yelp is like believing your friend that you know is an asshole and pain in the ass every time you go out to eat and you're like, oh, Jesus, here she goes. I would like to think that most Yelp reviewers would understand that it's just just petty people on there just being petty. Go out and experience for yourself. And, again, if you think it's a bad night, like if you had slow so don't get wrapped up in yourself. Look around. Here's my, my public service announcement for all restaurant workers. Look around. You're not the only one out to eat. Your waiter or waitress sometimes, because we work short, is got five to seven tables sometimes that they're doing. And right. if you got a party of 12 and it's a full restaurant, Azar, she's got her other tables. And always keep this in mind when you go out to eat. Party of five, party of two, party of 20. How fast can you cook for those people in your own home? Right. Can you get all that food out in 20 minutes? Did you prep it ahead of time? You know, usually we prep a lot of stuff ahead of time because it saves time. Well, most people because, aren't thinking yeah, about any of that shit. If we cook from just... scratch the way you do at home, you wouldn't get your dinner for another hour and a half. Right, 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 right. Most people don't care about any of that. All they care about is no, they, their they, night out. Again, and that's they it. got their money to spend and they want to go out. And that's and we, we love that they do that. Yeah, right. But it's also a matter of, you know, you just got to take into consideration some things because we're dedicating our time and energy to taking care of you the way that any other trade or job you have when we walk in your place or hire you for something, we have expectations too. But Yeah, right. You you know. could, I mean, everybody, everybody, everybody in a restaurant could have a bad night. Yeah. Create a bad experience. I mean, too. and, and, and a, lot of, a lot of times people need to remember everybody's going through some shit every day of right, some kind. Right. Whether, you know, your kid just got in trouble or, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the waitress's husband got into a bad accident or something. You never know. You know, I'll tell you when when I go somewhere, vacation or something like that, and I don't know the area, and I'm scoping out like I'm going to be there for the week, and I'm scoping out where to eat. I look for the joint that's super busy. If it's overwhelmed with people, I figure that that's got to be the best bet. That's what I, I do. Don't think I've ever read Portland. a Yelp review ever. <laughs> yeah, there's like five or six different Asian joints on this one street, and I looked at them on the way out to one place, on the way back, and place they had a bunch of cars of people going in and out is where i went and got my food sometimes That's, the best food comes out of the shittiest looking places too like i mean you want to get some it was in a strip bar. mall and it's like it looks like a crap shoot but like there's people waiting for food right you know so i was like it's got to be good and it was good right you want to get some good barbecue you look good. at one, some of them places in middle othian and like just uh, some ghetto-y kind of places but best, yeah though. like oh. senators and markham is one of those too i like that uh Hog Wild over there. That place, uh, you know, they had a remote store up in uh, Mo Mokina now. I know. It's in a gas station, though. I mean, yeah. can the food be so the same? Beggar's Pizza is in a gas station, too. Where's that at? On Harlem. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. just, uh, just north of Sonoris. I was happy that there was a Beggar's down in, uh, right by Olivet over there. Yeah, there's, there's yeah that's one. right around so the corner from the house. For me, that that's fine. I, pizza down here is terrible. I, I'm sorry, but it's bad. That I don't want to name names of bad restaurants, but... That like the the well the one that's known down here in Kankakee County comes out of Central Illinois. It's Hillbilly Pizza. Any any pizza that you have to put 
French dressing or ranch dressing on to make it viable for your taste buds <laughs> is really not good pizza. People. I was, when I got down here, I was told by someone down here that the best pizza here is out of the Casey's gas station. I'm like, that can't be right. Well, you know, it's a whole different breed down here. Right, if, you're, right. if you're raised in the Lincoln Way area and you moved down to Kankakee County, it's a whole nother ball of wax down here. <laughs> pizza is my uh, it's, it's pizza like, is my bad sex metaphor. So for dudes, if you got bad pizza, still pizza. But you know, for 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 uh, you know, sex is if it's bad, it's still sex. Yeah, so exactly. That's only for dudes because bad sex for women is a whole other <laughs> thing that I'm sure is you know a real bad thing. But I don't know anything about so. Uh, but anyways. Um, so yeah, no, I mean the, the the food stuff is it's always good to find where there where there's good food. We we only had a couple things up there at Trails Edge the one time we were there. I'm sure we'll get back up there pretty soon. But what would you say? What are your favorite things that are up there right now? Man, I uh, I came up with a, a few different burgers, and if you like spicy, the, I got a. We had a guy that came in and had ghost pepper cheese on one of the hamburgers that used to be on the menu, and he said we need another piece of ghost pepper cheese on that and i said you want something spicy he said yeah so it took some time thought about the different kinds of heat and how they would marry so we got a blackened burger with sriracha on it and it's sandwiched between a piece of ghost pepper and a piece of pepper jack cheese it's got a roasted jalapeno on top that's really good for the people like spice but i really like uh, the mahalo burger that i came up with which has got pulled pork barbecue sauce pineapple and swiss cheese on it and between the smoky of the pork and the char of the burger and the sweet of the pineapple and the juiciness of that, it's just like, it's amazingly good. It's just like all the flavors really marry really, really, really well. And I also like uh, marinate the chicken in uh, Italian seasonings and oil and stuff like that. And then we char grill it and finish it in the oven. I like that's got a really good flavor to it too. I don't remember the menu that much from the night we were up there. We were, you know, it was the second place we hit. We were drinking since uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, desserts and stuff too. Yeah, tons of that. Yeah, yeah. We got homemade bread pudding. We got out like a keem lime mousse. We served it in rocks glass. Nice. Was, like this chocolate truffle bomb, and then we got uh, what the hell else? Oh, the turtle cheese. The old turtle cheesecake. Uh, oh, that's like what got like uh, walnuts or something. Yeah, like yeah, that? it's a cheesecake with, with chocolate and caramel and the nuts on it. Okay. I think it's pecans actually. Yeah, it's uh, it's a brew pub, and they uh, were when the owners took over, they're kind of thinking they want to make a gastro and put a little more uh, like high end stuff on there. But uh, I was telling them for with the thirty years of experience I have, that's uh, something I'll just probably put on special to see how it sells because. Again, it's the south side, and uh, it, the difference between the club and there is like the club is members only, whereas uh, at the restaurant, you have to cater to all the demographics in the area. Like I said, I'm not just taking care of Abbey Woods and, you know, all the nice uppity yeah, neighborhoods right, sure, there. Sure. I'm also taking care of the people from Arbery Hills and Frankfurt Square who come in who are, right. you know, blue-collar workers yeah, and stuff Yeah, you like want to get everybody that, yeah, exactly, happy in there so. as far as it goes. All right, well, I do a little segment here where I you know, answer the questions that I get off of uh, social media. And Tina uh, asks, is there anything vegetarian on the menu or does he have to have some good vegetarian recipes? We have on the menu a portabella mushroom burger. It's marinated and grilled. And it's got uh, porcelain cheese and a red pepper aioli and crispy onions on it. 
That's so that's, it's, that's it's, a carb bomb, huh? Yeah, it's it's not vegan, but it's vegetarian. Vegan's very hard to do. Sure, sure. Uh, I thought about putting an Impossible or a Beyond Burger on there, but they're uh, they're a little on the pricey side, and I don't think a lot of people are going to pay the money that it would cost for me to get that in. And then, but that the, they might. But yeah, the Portobello Mushroom Burger is, is a is a good solid one, and uh, that's about the only. Like main course thing we have, we also have salads, which are our golden beet salad is amazing. And so, just to piggyback on that, then do you have stuff that's like? I mean, everybody's got gluten free, and yeah, we got we got a gluten free bread, and we got a gluten free cauliflower crust, but it's not contaminant safe because we have all kinds of other things. We don't like have flour on the loose but we have like a flatbed crust yeah pizza anytime somebody goes out, out you get there always yeah. gotta be careful it, it, here's my other public service announcement if you're celiac or a vegan and you're not in la <laughs> you should probably bring your own food if you're going somewhere maybe not per se yeah. to a restaurant some places don't do that but like if you're going somewhere and hoping somebody remembers you're a celiac or a vegan just stop and get your own food, especially like for like like parties and stuff. Not necessarily a restaurant because by law you can't bring outside food in. Yeah, and I know a but, couple of people that are celiac, and boy, it's miserable for them if they get yep, anything. If it's just yep. frying the same oil, they're bad. Yeah, enough. it's the same thing as a peanut allergy. So I just I make that a blatant statement. It's like, are you celiac? Because if you are, you might not want to. Get yeah, the, you know, you, you know, we can we can give you you know. Life's rough when you when you. It can. is, yeah. and I I also think that people who think they're celiac and aren't actually diagnosed with it, but self-diagnosed, you know, get a lot of IBS issues. If uh, public service announcement number three, gut flora is important to your personal health, and if you don't know right. what gut flora is, I won't get into it. Google it. Right. If you're but taking it's antibiotics, the, it strips it out of yeah, your body. You right. need to replace so it with a probiotic. and all that yeah. kind of stuff's got it in there. So if you've got issues in the back door area and you're not a celiac, you should look into gut flora and see what you can do. Well, they say that you should get most of that stuff you should get actually diagnosed because like, I think it's like two-thirds of people that think that they're gluten aren't. No, you know no. what I mean? Like, and They, they and, can test you and find out And the sure. pharmacists don't have to tell you anything about probiotics when they prescribe you an antibiotic. Right, right, right. Although some are now starting to do that because they understand the necessary health component of gut flora. Right, right, right. No, yeah, you can – I've talked to people that, that develop – like severe IBS just from knocking all that out of their intestines, all the gut flora is gone, and yep. they're a mess. From then on, yep. they can never get it, it back. No, that's that's what's going on with my what's brother. What's the uh, really? I didn't know yeah, that. He's uh, got that issue. What uh, I've seen, I saw a thing where uh, up in Minnesota they're doing a thing where they're it's disgusting, but they're actually someone's taking their poop and sticking it up somebody else's butt to get the flora back in it because poop chugging. No, I don't know. What they've got a name for it where they're... So they're impacting fecal matter into somebody else's rectal cavity. Correct. To get that flora into their intestines, their lower intestines. What the fuck? Right, right. And it's, it's like called, a reverse enema. It's right. It's called like, <laughs> like fecal transplant or something like that. But It's a good band name. Right, right, right. Fecal, <laughs> fecal transplant. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. Uh, no, that's not... Right. 
That's not what you want your kid to come home with the band name with. Uh, so yeah, so all that stuff is. I mean, peanut allergies and all that. You get you got to be like insane. Yeah, terrible. you guys. That's like peanut yeah. oil and everything else. That's in, all. In thirty years, knock on wood, no one's no one's fallen ill on my cooking. I had a heart attack at one point in time where one lady's like. I wanted uh, the gluten-free crust, and I was like, she had taken a couple bites. I'm like, please tell me you're not celiac. She's like, no. I was like, thank God. Right, right. No, right. I don't want anybody going to anaphylactic shock. Sure, because most, <laughs> most of the gluten-free people I, are just, they just need a hug anyway. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just trying to, it's, it's like, I eat organic. I eat gluten-free. Right, right, right. Well, good for you. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, we had a nice time when we were up there. I like the, uh, at Trail's Edge, I like the... Big, huge uh, brewery tanks and everything else that are in there. It's, it's nice, nice to work in Frankfurt again. I really, really enjoy Frankfurt. Nice. I the wish I could afford nice. to live there. <laughs> right. The, uh, that area is nice to hang out in. With uh, especially in summertime, they've got the music and everything else. And up the, there. the bluegrass festival that comes in July, and they got you know the, just the brighter green just become very vibrant as opposed to when we were coming up in the Frankfurt area. Oh, yeah. You know, it's still kind of dilapidated and nothing was going on there. The I mean, the Frankfurt, Plank Trail was not even there. No, the Frankfurt area, there was that nice little, like, area in the very downtown area where everyone was, you know, there was some nice stuff going on. But then everything was so small. Then, yeah. too, there was nothing. I it mean, was just all the mom-pop shops. And then when they bought that trolley barn and transferred it, just that that's kind of what started it. Right, 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 right. You get all those nice little shops in there, and then everybody started investing. I was kind of bummed out that the general store is no longer the general store. Hmm. The it's um, something specific now. I like Francesca's. It's our. I mean, I've been in there a couple times. It's all right. And then uh, Fat Rosie's is is outstanding. I, I like the food in there for sure. Uh, it ain't cheap down there. That, no, no. Sure. Well, you're you're paying for downtown. You're paying for the ambience. For you know? sure. And that's that's when I took over the the restaurant too. That's something else I looked at. I was like, I'm not going to put a pasta dish on because that's what Francesca's for. Right. You know, they got their own little dynasty of like five six places themselves that family owns and is, and is running. And then we used to have like mushroom tacos on there and stuff. I think the only thing I kept on was the quesadilla because. Ladies love a quesadilla. Boys, here's public announcement number four. Tacos, quesadillas, and pizza. Your girl will love you forever if you bring her that at any point in time without her ever asking. You're welcome. That's the, uh, I don't know if you ever seen any Bill Burr uh, bits, but his bit with the sandwich. It's like <laughs> you want to win your man over just for no reason at all. Just one day, make him a sandwich, cut it in half, put the chips on the plate, Pickle, take it out to him. Cold beer. He's, he, he's not be, wrong. <laughs> right, right, he's right. not wrong. Yep, exactly. it's the other end with tacos and pizza for the ladies. Right. There for you sure. go. Yeah. There you go. It's kind of a funny story. Kind of, quesadilla comes back at the restaurant. I'm like, it's two white girls out there. And then I'll go out to the table, and nine times out of ten, it's two white girls, whether they be in their teens, 20s, 30s, or 50s. It came back? What? I just kept that on. I took off the tacos because, you know, Rosie's, oh, oh, Rosie's is Mexican, sure, but I kept sure, on. Sure. The quesadilla is one of the things that sold well that, you know. Oh, that's what came back on the ticket, you're saying. No, the, we came back on the ticket when, it, when, it, when, it, when they ring in a quesadilla. Yeah, okay. I, like, I bet you it's a couple white ladies out there, and sure enough it is. And right, right. Again, not the pigeonhole, but, like, white women love quesadillas. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Well, the, they're Mexican grilled cheeses. People. Right. No. It's, yeah. If you, don't, if you don't know. They're magical, though. Right. 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 But yeah, no, it's a good spot down there, and everything else. So great I mean, family to work for too. 
Who's that? The people that own? Yeah, it's the Cosgroves. They uh, it's Cosgrove Construction. They. Uh, oh, I did not know that. I yeah, know those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, they're really great guys. It's they like, are really good guys. I, I like I've been asking for ten years to work for a non corporate entity that would appreciate what I do and pay me accordingly. And uh, now are they? They're newly owning that joint because they were co owners, but they bought outright. Okay. Okay. The restaurant, and they also have a contract through Presswick Country Club's management to run and operate the kitchen there. Okay, so how long has Trails Edge been there? Because it was... They reopened as Trails Edge last May. Before that, they were Smoky Bark. Oh, okay, okay. So it was the same owners then. Yeah, they were uh, were co-owning with a couple other people. And then at one point, they decided that they wanted to take the restaurant in a different direction than the other owners wanted and bought them out. Yeah, because the, the joint that Jenny's that was there, was that was awful. Was yeah, bad. that did not last long. No, the service um, was bad. The food was bad. And that's what really kills, is especially in downtown Frankfurt. If you don't have a draw, you're killing your business because... Downtown Frankfurt is very akin to downtown Naperville to where if you don't know how to get to it off the main drag, you're going to bypass it. Because you got to know where to turn to go downtown Naperville to go enjoy the nice shops and everything and the good restaurants. So it's, it's kind of got that same appeal to it. All right, so I got some questions that I wrote down too, just a couple. Uh, what's the... Uh, What's the biggest pain in the ass about the whole the whole food service industry? What's what's the if you could cut one thing out of it, what would you do? People who deconstruct the menu item. Oh, so yeah, like, customers are the biggest. I want a Reuben sandwich, but I don't want Swiss cheese. I want American, and I don't want sauerkraut. So you don't want a Reuben? No, yeah, exactly. And you know, just like it's sauce on the side, I can see. But if you're like you know, like it's meant to be put together that way to give you the flavor profile experience of the entire thing. Basically, what I'm saying, picky eaters are a pain in the ass. Yeah. Right. George Carlin said that. Picky eater is a euphemism for big pain in the ass. <laughs> right, okay. And then uh, what you got the, what's, the, what's the best parts of good food? Like what, what's, what's the very best thing about good food? Like what, what do you... You know, what do you dig about good food? What If you're eating something, for me, it's texture. I really dig if something's got the right texture. It can almost not be the greatest flavor in the world, but if it, like... If it's got that good crunch or that nice, soft appeal that right, melts in right. your mouth, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah, like, I mean, even, like, goofy stuff, like... Uh, I like a pomegranate because it breaks into those pieces, like... Yeah, the little seeds. You yeah, can eat, like, right, like, like right. Like popcorn right. kernels, right. yeah. Right. I enjoy the like the whole thing, the smell, the flavor, the texture, the the presentation because we all eat with our eyes before anything else. Right. So how uh, you, you feel yeah. pretty important about how something plates? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The nice really. I I don't necessarily think you need a garnish per se if you have it dressed nice. Like we'll put like we'll make a little crostini of like garlic or we'll like take a piece of like bruschetta bread and cut it on an angle and make a nice little point on top of something or when something when something is on a plate really nice or the different always, colors yeah but i always pay attention to when it comes because i've never if it, if it looks like really good on the plate like you know they've really done something with that i've never seen someone not smile just yeah a little, exactly you know and, th- and that makes a it makes a lasting a good meal 
makes a lasting memory as much as a bad experience does. Right. Unfortunately, right. people go and tell 10 people about their bad experience and three people about their good because by nature it's kind of how we are, sadly. No, 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 for sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, now it is so much better out that way where there's so much more food. I mean, I like that Noodles and Company is there, and, like, you can get stuff that's not just your cheeseburger. And I, yep. I don't do fast food too much. I, like I said, processed stuff, I really like to stay oh, away I've from backed that. off that. In years. I actually had a bratwurst for the first time in – three years when I was still working at the senior living facility because we had a special. I was like, it's so good. I ate it, and I felt like shit. Like a half hour later, nitrates. I could just, I was getting oh, a meat sure. sweats, you know, and right. just like feel that surge of sodium going through my body, like, uh ravaging. See, now, if I'm at the ballpark, uh, I can definitely – it's you know by the seventh inning I've got three brats and six beers in me and I'm, As I'm, I'm a tradition, good. You know, right? right. I, mean, <laughs> I don't even know if it's if it's a better brat or not, but it's absolutely the best tasting brat that I have that I have all summer is is at the ballpark and the the ballpark with the real food on the south side, not that uh, north side uh, no, soggy hot sense. dog and no no no, no. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, so anything else that you. Uh, Anything else you'd like to get to, man? Anything else? Do you got a story or something that, uh, you know, like uh, what's the biggest uh, fuck-up that ever went on as oh, far man, as uh, the restaurant you. business? Just one of, the, one of the more nightmare things. I had a fryer boil over on me for the first time, and it scared the living shit out of me. I thought I was going to die. There's something happened with the uh, – it's the governor. It's supposed to, like – it was set at 350, and I used it, and I shut it off, and – I just weird. I was making funny noises, like what's going on. Then it would shut off, but like the gas is still on, so the fire's underneath, and it just started boiling over. And I thought it was a ticking time bomb. <laughs> Luckily, I, I'm very good with wherewithal. That uh, I quickly grabbed long-handled uh, oven mitts to reach in to shut the fryer. I turned it back on, turn it off, so I try to see if I would could do it but yeah, before right. I turn it back off it started to boil over so I grabbed the hot pads and shut it back off right, so right. I had just done that without so when a bunch thinking. of cooks get together do they compare scars yeah but it, it, sometimes yeah, it's like how many times you cut yourself and most of my scars uh, Dermade helps a lot for burns it's a a cream I had my my uh, mother-in-law would get it from Payless Pharmacy when she was working up there as a bus driver but you get it's Dermade with an E at the end of the aid, and it's from Canada. It's looks like Noxzema, but it's like an aloe cream that is perfect for burns. And I've, 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 well, jeez, I've flipped so much stuff and gotten grease burns from flipped pans, and you can't see any of the burns that I've had oh. anywhere else. So that really helps. But the other nightmare thing is also involves a deep fryer. When I worked at Ruby Tuesdays, we had to clean those every night, and I was training a new guy. And you have to filter them out and clean them out and then put the oil back in. And they made the design a little bit better to where you know whether the valve is closed or not. But this guy wasn't paying attention, and I told him, but, you know, he was probably high. (laughs) He went to pour the oil back in and start coming out all over the floor, and that's we're talking a 10-gallon thing of oil. And uh, I just walked away and said, I told you. Went and grabbed him a big old bag of flour and said, "Here, spread it all around, let it soak, and I'll help you sweep it up." But sure. Like deep deep fryers are my worst nightmare. Uh, on top of uh, 
just just the apocalyptic nightmare of the Friday Saturday night rush of just like sixteen feet of tickets hitting the floor and it just won't stop because again we're all conditioning at the same time so we all come out at the same time. That smells like money though, right? Yeah, in the long run it's it's a good thing. We all feel very accomplished afterwards, but it's just very stressful. Sure, because, sure. And then if a mistake works its way into the fold from a waitress forgetting to put something in or punching in the wrong thing. And technology is a godsend and also a, a living hell sometimes, too, because sometimes it'll get caught in limbo. Like, you know, you thought you archived something on your phone, but now it's gone. It's kind yeah, of, I was talking so, about automation. Same thing. Yeah, the same thing at the restaurant where, you know, kind of we'll take a shit in the middle of putting an order or something or, you know. And, and now a lot of uh, solar activity affects all our automation Really? Yeah, coronal mass ejections. It'll, it messes up the electromagnetic and will disturb the radio waves to where your Wi-Fi and huh. everything's connected to your whole system can jack it up. Right, sometimes. right, right. Well, I mean, you know, part of the going out experience, though, I don't think that's ever going to be a situation where someone's going to come to a kiosk and order all their food that way, and then not at a sit-down restaurant. No, per se, no, no, no. You want somebody, you want that interaction. It's the, the human interaction is part of the reason you go there. Right, you know? right, for sure, for sure. You get somebody else to run around for you for a change. Right. <laughs> well, good man. Now, so any other, any other? So give me some sort of basic tip. Like I said, like the eggs thing, where I, you know only cook that until not not till they're all the way done. That comes out good. Uh, I mean, I let. Stuff, the old stuff that I've always done is like let a roast sit for ten minutes after I. Yeah, because it's gonna. If, if you want a medium rare anything, you want to pull it out at one hundred and thirty degrees and let it set, because it'll get to about one hundred thirty-five, one hundred and forty, which is where you about want your pinkness, for most anything like prime rib or something like that. Salmon, if you do salmon, you don't have to cook the hell out of that either, unless you're smoking it. Um, those ribs you can see in salmon are called myotomes, and if you uh, it usually takes about 10, 15 minutes. You just take a fork and slightly pull on that. When it pulls away readily, pretty much on any fish, but especially for salmon, you can pull it out too because that salmon will continue to cook a little bit. But like your white fish and stuff, as soon as you you don't have to put pressure on it, you just take the fork on and kind of flick it. If that if the protein on it just like separates readily, you're, you're done. Yeah, well, that's you know, overcooking anything. Overcooking Overcooked anything. anything, fish especially is terrible. It tastes like hay. It's yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's the worst thing. No, worst. for sure. And, and shrimp, then, shrimp gets like a whole mealy texture on it. Which people is, don't realize, realize the things that you can eat raw. I mean, yeah, duck. The, oh, I didn't know you could eat duck. Duck is supposed to be served medium rare to medium, never higher, unless you like shoe leather. Oh, yeah. It's right. been, goose and duck is meant to be eaten like a steak. Okay, that's a good, good yeah, tip. So. I mean, people don't realize that you could eat. My grandmother used to make cannibal sandwiches all the time. It was ground beef with some onion and peppers in there, and they just didn't cook it. Yeah, and it, you just ate it's it. Tartar. Yeah, right, right, right. right. So you can eat right. raw. It's just you know, it's a matter of where you're getting it from. Know where you're getting it from. Yeah, you know? right, right, right. Yeah. Good man. Well, I, like I said, I learned some stuff. I hope that uh, other people that listen to the podcast learn something. And uh, you know, glad you came out. Indeed, glad I did as well. And always thank your server when you go out. And um, not to sound like a dick, but if you don't have money for tip, just go get fast food. Oh yeah, no, no. Just, just right. go for fast food. Right. I mean, do do the servers and stuff remember the guy who tips them well? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh so. yeah, and 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 most of them will go out of the way to do that for everybody. But like you know, if you 
it's going to cost you about 20 to $30 a person to go out and sit down and eat. And if oh, you don't have that. That's, that's on the cheap. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If that's the cheapest yeah. you want to go, if you're going to spend $60 on a meal between 60 and 80 have 15 to $20 in your pocket for a tip. Yeah, we used to go that's out. Just, you know, my buddy Phil would take the girlfriends or wives or whatever out and drop Two two and a quarter two fifty easy on drinks yeah, and, I mean, and everything. Oh my gosh! It's 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 not like the strip club where they're going to use the money for cocaine and meth. These people are trying to feed their kids. Yeah, and they go don't make school. any money. So, yeah, they right. you know you can by the hour. Yeah, Mr. Pink. There's the Mr. Pink people out there, and you know I get them, but <laughs> right no, I don't get them. Tip tip your servers yeah, and all tip, that tip stuff. Tip your for servers. Sure. Right. Tip anybody who's doing you a favor doing something either you don't want to or could do yourself. Yeah, I mean listen, if you get bad service, by all means bitch. But yeah. Tip otherwise. That yeah. that should be your regular practice. Even you got trades and working for you, buy him some lunch. <laughs> nice. All right, man, we'll wrap it up. <laughs>